Let us be attentive. Among the saints who are in the earth, the Lord has been righteous. Bless God in the congregations. Wisdom. The reading is from St. Paul's letter to the Romans. Let us be attentive. Brethren, we know that in everything God works for good with those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say to this? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, will he not also give us all things with him? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies, who is to condemn. It is Christ Jesus who died, yes, who was raised from the dead, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, For thy sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. St. Luke. The Lord said this parable. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. 
I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humble, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. Peace be with you who proclaim the gospel. Glory to you, Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I think if the Pharisee in this morning's Gospel were to have a, a favorite song, there's an old country song by the singer Mac Davis that said, O oh Lord, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way. We began this morning's Gospel reading from the 10th verse of the 18th chapter in the Gospel of St. Luke. The verse just prior to that, verse 9, which we didn't hear, reads like this and really kind of sets up the parable for what Christ is trying to teach. Jesus also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and regarded others with contempt. The Pharisee that we hear about this morning is really, according to the Old Testament book Ecclesiastes, the righteous man who perishes in his own righteousness because he relies on himself rather than on God. He believes his holiness, his good standing, and his righteousness proceeds and comes and has its origin from within him rather than attributing anything good anything righteous and holy, to God himself. In fact, the most frequent word in his so-called prayer is I. I did this. I did that. Look at me, God. It's even interesting how it says that as he prayed with himself, as if he was directing all these words not even to the true and living God, but the God who is the figment of his own imagination, or again, in praise of himself. The publican tax collector, on the other hand, never uses the word I. He offers absolutely no excuses and never even looks up to heaven. But he keeps his eyes on the ground, the humus, as Latin calls it, in his humility. The great father of our church and mystical writer, St. Isaac the Syrian, 7th century bishop and monk, wrote these beautiful words for us to contemplate this morning. He said, the person who perceives his sins is higher than the person who raises the dead by his prayer. The person who sees himself 
as he truly is, is better than the person who has seen angels. I remember hearing a wonderful story from my, my parish priest growing up about St. Augustine. And a disciple of his came up and wanted to learn, of course, what is the highest virtue? What is the greatest good that one can do upon this earth to achieve salvation? So he said, my father, St. Augustine, what, what is the greatest thing? And he said, humility. He says, okay, very good, very good. So what is the second most important virtue that I must acquire? And Holy Father Augustine said, humility. And he says, okay, fine, fine. So what's the third, then, important virtue that I must have? And St. Augustine said, humility, to accentuate the point of how incredibly important and indispensable that virtue is. I like the word virtue because in the Greek, it's areti. We translate it as virtue, which is an appropriate translation. But areti can also mean something that is excellent, to strive for absolute excellence. So we can look at humility as not only a virtue, but something that is excellent, something that is not weak and powerless, but something that is actually very powerful. You don't usually equate that with humility, but that is indeed what it is. When we look at the publican, the tax collector, he does not trust in himself whatsoever, but he trusts completely in the all-powerful mercy of God. He places all of his hope, his entire life, his entire well-being into the hands of God. Of such despair, of such, let's say, relinquishment, St. Isaac again said, there is absolutely nothing more powerful than turning oneself over into the hands of the living God. So if by humility we acknowledge that we are but earth, humus, in the hands of God, and finally let God be in control to create us and to fashion us as he wishes to become clay, in the great potter's hands, what could be more powerful than that? There's a wonderful story again from the Desert Fathers, St. Anthony the Great. One day he was at prayer and he was looking out at the skies and he had this uh, incredible and rather terrible vision. He reports that I saw all the traps of the devil spread out across the entire earth. And I groaned in myself, and I said, Who can escape these? But then I heard a voice telling me, Only through humility can you escape these things. Therefore, we see the power of humility to destroy the wiles and the snares of the devil. When we turn to St. John of the Ladder, he says, If pride turn some of the angels into demons, then humility can doubtless make angels out of demons. So take heart. So we see once again the power of humility to transform us. Again, St. John writes, Pride and nothing else 
caused an angel to fall from heaven. And no one, and so one may reasonably ask whether one may reach heaven by humility alone, without the help of any other virtue. Here we see again the power of humility to exalt us to heaven, as our Lord taught us this morning. If you ever visit uh, a monastery, at least in our tradition, you'll notice very often that if you don't duck, you're going to hit your head very soon. Many of the doorways are, are very, very low, and to enter into the cells and the corridors and things like that. And that is there, of course, for a reason, to keep one physically down a little bit, because our posture and the way we do things outwardly reflect and affect what is happening on the inside. Even to get into the Holy Sepulchre, the tomb of our Lord, you've got to duck down and kind of squeeze through this lower door. Because in order to follow our Lord wherever he went, his is indeed, we know, the way of humility. So the gate to heaven, my brothers and sisters in Christ, is not a large and a tall opening, but a narrow and a low one through which only the humble can pass. Let us then humble ourselves like the publican before God and before one another so that we may squeeze through to live in the eternal kingdom with our humble God. To him be the glory now and ever to the ages of ages. Amen.